In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as we go into the Word of God for today, it is my distinct pleasure and privilege to welcome to the pulpit Pastor Funke Adiaga. Good afternoon, church. Good afternoon, church. Okay, before we go into the word, let's just say a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come this afternoon with hearts of gratitude. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for daily loading us with benefits, O oh Lord. Father, if we had a thousand tongues, it wouldn't be enough to say thank you. For truly, you have been a good God. You have been kind to us, O oh Lord. Father, that we are still here despite the challenges of life, is because of your goodness and your mercies. And we come, Father, today to say, all the glory be your name, all the glory to you for what you have done and what you will continue to do in our lives. Father, have your way in this place, O oh Lord. Touch someone's life today. Father, at the end, let your name and your name alone be glorified. We give you all the glory all the honor and all the adoration in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen has been mentioned today is thanksgiving sunday a day that we set aside specifically to thank god for his goodness to thank god for who he is to thank god for what he has done for us now of course i hope you know that every day should be a day of thanksgiving we should always have reasons to thank God. But today, I want to particularly encourage us about seeing things from God's perspective and also about always trying to please God. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse 21, and I'm reading from the message translation, Jesus himself says, knowing the correct password Saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. So I will expect that the question you might want to ask me is, what is the father's will? What will that be? What does God want of us? The answer is in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Again, using the message translation. It says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you, who belong to Christ Jesus, to live. And this is the basis of my brief discussion today. And I've titled this message, The Power and Perspective of Gratitude. Now, of course, whenever I get a word, I always try to look for the um, definition. So the dictionary defines gratitude as the quality of being thankful, 
The readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. I came across a definition in the Harvard Medical School Journal, and it defines gratitude as a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether tangible or intangible. It says with gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. As a result, it goes on to say, gratitude also helps people connect to something higher than themselves as individuals, whether to other people, nature, or higher power. Now, of course, I have a problem with this definition. Because the problem is that this definition represents the way most of us think about gratitude. You know, we say we're grateful because of the good things that happens in our lives. But the Bible says to us, in the scripture that I just read, in 1 Thessalonians 5, it gives us God's perspective about gratitude. The Bible says that we should be thankful always, meaning regardless of what is going on, regardless of your circumstances, whether they're good or bad, be thankful. And you know, no matter, and I mean no matter the circumstances, the Bible says we should be grateful. Now, of course, the truth is that as human beings, it's really difficult to be grateful always. We all struggle with gratitude. And this is often because we associate um, gratitude always with just positive circumstances or our perspective about that circumstances. So for example, you've been applying for jobs and then this job came up, this job that you really, really, really wanted. And then you know that you take all the right boxes but you go for the interview and you don't get the job. Would your first response be gratitude that you didn't get it? No, I doubt it. You know, I really want to submit to you today that the attitude of gratitude that God wants from us is about perspective. Now, perspective, let me give you a definition of perspective. Perspective is the ability or capacity of seeing all the relevant data or of viewing things in their true relations or relative importance. What this means is that it depends on how we view or interpret the relative importance of something or the circumstances. So if you didn't get that job, perhaps could it be that God, who knows all things, knows that that company will fold in three months or in a year's time? Or if you're a lady or even a gentleman, that man or woman that you thought, this is the bone of my bone or my flesh, whatever, you know, the scripture, they jilted you. Would you thank God that he or she jilted you? I doubt it. Because your, your first thing would be like, how can God allow this to happen? But God knows all things. He sees the end from the beginning. Now, the problem with perspective also is that we often forget the relatively common things in life. If you're like me, a lot of times I struggle. Um, I, I forget things. I walk around forgetful of how comparatively fortunate I am and of all the good things God has done for me. So some days I jump out of bed. You know, I'm so focused on the things I have to do. And I forget to thank God. You know, <laughs> I forget to thank God because if God did not wake me up that morning, I wouldn't be able to do anything. 
Do you know that? I woke up this morning, and I'm sure you too, because you're here, you're alive. You woke up this morning. But it was not your alarm that woke you up. It was God that woke you up. You should be grateful for that. And you know, sometimes many days I forget to be grateful to God for my family. I forget to be grateful to God for good health. Talking about good health. You know, the fact that you're breathing unaided, you should be thankful. The fact that you can use the bathroom on your own without being carried, should be grateful. The fact that you want to eat, you hold the fork or the spoon or whatever it should be, fork most times, <laughs> without, <laughs> without somebody feeding you. You should be grateful. And there's so many things to thank God for. You see, ladies and gentlemen, gratitude is about remembering and putting things in the right perspective. We want to get on with life. That's the truth. We want to move forward. But we must, be rem- but we must remember to always look back in thankfulness. The life that God wants us to live is to constantly be one where we're looking back in gratitude and moving forward in faith. That is a life that pleases God. Remember, moving forward in faith, but always looking back in gratitude, lest we forget. Lest we forget all the things that God has done for us. Lest we forget all the things that he has given us. Lest we forget that there's someone here who is probably less fortunate than you are and going through tougher circumstances than you are at this point. Lest we forget. You know, many times we forget to acknowledge what is done and we move on to the next thing. We're asking God, God, I want this. God, I want that. So how do we not forget? How do we keep this perspective of gratitude always at our forefront? I'll tell you a story. A famous writer was in a study, and he picked up his pen and started to write. He wrote, last year I had surgery, and my gallbladder was removed. I had to stay stuck in bed due to the surgery for a long time. This year I became 60, he wrote, and I had to give up my job at the publishing company in which I had spent 30 years of my life. He wrote again, the same year I experienced the death of my father. And the same year, he wrote, my son failed his medical exams because he had a car accident. He had to stay in bed um, at hospital with a cast on for several days. The destruction of the car was another loss. And he wrote, alas, it was a bad year. When the writer's wife entered the room, she found her husband looking sad and lost in thought. From behind his back, she read what he had written on the paper. She left the room silently and came back later with another paper which she placed on the side of her husband's writing. When the writer saw the paper, he found his name written on it with the following lines. Last year, I finally got rid of my gallbladder due to which I had spent many years in pain. Last year, I turned 60 with sound health and retired from my job. Now I can utilize my time to write better and with more focus and peace. The same year, my father at the age of 95, without depending on anyone or without critical condition, met his creator. The same year, God blessed my son with a new life. 
My car was destroyed, but my son stayed alive without getting any disability. At the end, she wrote, last year was an immense blessing from God and it passed well. The same incident, two different perspectives. What that means is what do you focus on? It's about what you choose to focus on. In our daily lives, we must learn that it is not happiness that makes us grateful. It is gratefulness that makes us happy. It's all about having the right perspective. There is always, always something to be grateful for or thankful for. Your current position is someone's future expectation. What's, what's in your life right now is someone's prayer request. If you think about it really, gratitude is about having a shift in perspective. It's a tool of instant transformation from the feeling of lack, absence, scarcity, uh, deficiency, frustration, to a feeling of abundance, satisfaction, faith, and true wealth. Don't let the devil whisper to you, or as Pastor Agu would say, the bodiless spirit. Don't let them whisper to you that someone is doing better than you. Or don't let him whisper to you that God has dealt you a bad hand or abandoned you. These are all strategies that the enemy uses to change our perspective and to lure us into ingratitude. There are two stories I want to share with you this um, afternoon. A friend sent me a video a couple of days ago. And the video was about a lady who, when she wanted to join the army in, the, in America, she had to go get her birth certificate. And she found out, in fact, she said, I don't know why I never did the maths. She found out that her mother had her at age 12. So, of course, upon further inquiry, she found out to her amazement that her mother had been raped at age 11. So her mother had her at 12. And she said that when her mother found out she was pregnant, her mother refused to abort the pregnancy. Now, towards the end of the video, this young lady said something. She said, regardless of how my life started out, I am blessed. She showed her gratitude to God, despite the trauma of the knowledge of how she was born. Remember, she could have chosen to grow up to become a bitter woman. The second story I want to share is about a friend of mine who lost her son suddenly. And I took her permission to share this. Now, the interesting thing was when I asked her, um, about, asked her for permission, she said that God had already told her that I was actually going to share this. Because I told her a few days before about how, um, I told her a few days before that I was going to preach on Sunday. So when I now called to ask for her permission, she said, God had already told her that. I was going to use, in fact, it was interesting. She said that you're going to use the experience. I was like, what experience? The experience of being with me from the day it happened till now. Anyway, so my friend lost her son suddenly. But we have all been amazed at God's supernatural grace that is operating in her life. This woman has found reasons to be grateful to God. She said from day one, she said, I am grateful for the number of years that I had with him. She said, I'm grateful that when he passed on, I was there. They didn't tell me. 
She said, I'm grateful that for the years, the number of years that he was on this earth, he was not into drugs or alcohol. And I could go on and on. She had loads. She had more than 10 reasons to be grateful to God. She, I was amazed that despite the thing that happened to her, she still had many, many reasons to be thankful to God. Now, my question is, how many of us will be able to express gratitude in the face of adversity? Again, I'd like to submit to that. It's a question of perspective. This lady, the lady in the, um, in the video that found that her mother had been raped, even the mother that had been raped, and then my friend who lost her son suddenly, they aligned their perspective to God's perspective. They've been able to see things from God's point of view. And let's have a look at the scripture in Romans 8, verses, uh, verses 28 to 29. It says, I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. And he goes on and on. But 35, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the same scripture, Romans 8, but verse 35 says, Can anything, anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? 38 goes on to say, so now I live with the confidence. This is the Passion Translation. So now I live with the confidence that there's nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love would triumph over death, over life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above or beneath us. No power that can ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what does this mean? It means that there's nothing that you and I are going through or will go through in life that takes God by surprise. God loves you and I passionately. God is always in control. God is working out his purposes in our lives. But you see, for you to understand that, there's a message Pastor Agu preached on Thursday. Please get that. He talked about understanding fatherhood. He talked about understanding who you are in Christ. These, if you listen to the message, it will help you understand and you begin to see things from God's perspective. God loves you, regardless of what you're going through. He's got your back. He's in control. You know, I'm, you've heard Pastor Agu say it. The enemy does not just go around doing whatever he pleases. God is in control. Seeing things from God's perspective means that we see things how God sees them. And we're able to thank him regardless. You know, a friend once said to me, when I don't know what's going on, the only thing I know is that God knows what is going on. There are two quotes that I came across 
the first one by Christine Armstrong says, when we focus on our gratitude, the tide of disappointment goes out and the tide of love rushes in. The second one says that by John Mason says, if you can't be thankful for what you have, at least be thankful for what you escaped. You know, there's another story I want to share with you quickly. It was this father from a wealthy family took his son on a trip to the country with the express purpose of showing him how the poor people live. And they spent a few days there. When they got back home, the father asked the boy, how was the trip? And the boy said, it was great, dad. Then he said to him, did you see how the poor people live? The boy said, oh, yes, I did. So tell me, the father said, what lessons did you learn? The boy said, I saw that we have one dog and they have four. We have a pool that reaches to the middle of our garden and they have a creek that has no end. We have imported lanterns in our garden and they have stars at night. A patio reaches to the front yard and they have a whole horizon. We have a small piece of land to live on and they have fields that go beyond our sight. We have servants who serve us, but they serve others. We buy our food, but they grow theirs. We have walls around our properties to protect us. They have friends to protect, to protect them. The boy's father was speechless. But then the boy added, thanks dad for showing me how poor we are. <laughs> You know, I love the story because it reminds us to be grateful for what, for what we have in life rather for the things we don't have. Again, like I said, it's about what you choose to focus on. It's easy to see the negatives and not focus on the positive. You know, all of us we fall into the trap of seeing negative things in life or the trap of focusing on what we don't have rather than the things that we have. Ladies and gentlemen, let's change our perspective and be grateful for what we have, what we have right now, and, what, and who we are in Christ. You know, I am a grateful woman. I remember that before I met my husband, my father wanted me to marry someone from the same tribe. You know, it would have been a fantastic union two families, good families coming together. And in my father's eyes, this man was a ready-made man. But I'm so grateful that God didn't answer his prayers because God tailor-made a man for me. <laughs> Father, I thank you. <laughs> but also, I'm grateful to God because I have two wonderful children. My youngest is 23 now. But I remember up to the time he was 10, we were still trying to have another child. But God didn't answer my prayer. And I thank him. Because if God had answered my prayers then, I'll have a 12 or 13-year-old child, and I'll still be doing school runs. Father, I thank you that you didn't answer my prayer. But you know, of all the things, on a serious note, of all the things that I'm grateful to God for, the most important thing that I'm grateful to God for is the gift of salvation. 
that I have a relationship with God. I have a father who cares for me. I have a father who knows what's best for me. I have a father who takes absolute control of my life. I have a father who directs my footsteps. I have a father who, you know, will do anything for me. I am grateful for that relationship. I'm grateful because he daily extends his mercy towards me. He does not judge me. He extends mercy instead of judgment. I hope you're grateful to God that daily he extends his hands of mercy towards you and not judgment. God loves you so much. God cares about you. You know, we, he does not deal with us the way we deserve to be dealt with. I hope you know that. <laughs> you know, I told you earlier on about the um, two stories, my, the video and then my friend who lost her son suddenly through traumatic circumstances. But I said that yet they found reasons to thank God. There might be someone here who wants the same thing that they have. Not when I mean wants the same thing, I'm not talking about the circumstances, but you know who wants that inner peace, that assurance that they have that God loves them, regardless of whatever may be going on. One thing that I did not mention earlier on when I was talking about the lady in the video was a statement that the mother, that is the person who was actually raped at age 12, there was something she said. She said, regardless of how old you are and how the child was conceived, that child deserves a chance. And if I hadn't made that choice, where would I be now without my daughter? So she changed her perspective and she made a choice. And today I'm asking you, especially if you don't have a relationship with God, but you want to have a relationship with a God who loves you regardless. You want a shift in perspective with all your heads bowed, please. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's very simple. All you have to do is just raise up your hands and I'll pray with you. And I, my prayer is that God will reveal himself to you God will reveal himself to you as a God whose love for you is not dependent on what you've done or what you're going through right now, but a God who cares for you, a God who wants to welcome you with his loving arms. So if you want to surrender your life to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just wave your hands at me. All heads bowed, please. Just raise up your hands. And just accept Jesus. It's just a simple thing to do. God loves you. God wants to welcome you. Most of the people already seated here, they've taken that step of faith. Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Now, if you're here and you already have a relationship with God, I also want you to make a choice. And that choice is to begin to see things from God's perspective, to appreciate his love and control of your life, to appreciate his lordship, and to be grateful at all times for what he has done. You know, there's a story that um, I didn't have time to share, but I'm sure you all know it, is the story of the 10 lepers. 10 people were healed. Only one returned to say thank you. This morning, do you want to be 
that leper, well, if you know what I mean, do you want to be that person that has come to say, Lord, for all you have done, for the many, many things that you have done, thank you. If you are that person, just as the choir sings, just come back. The song says, the one you saved has come to say thank you. Father, thank you. Yes, Lord.